Do you love role-playing games? Well, you're not alone. At Dogmite Games, you can feel the Dogmite difference, and they offer years of powerful experience creating woodworking items that will enhance your home games. High-quality custom tabletop gaming hardware, from fully sculpted GM screens to dice towers and everything in between, they customize everything, the sculpture, the engravings, the finishes, they do it all. And they back it all up with an outstanding customer service, a lifetime guarantee on all of their creations, and real-time tracking of custom orders through their website. That is the Dogmite difference. Dogmite Games is the best gaming company that you've never heard of. You could change that today by heading over to dogmite.com and see how you can upgrade your gaming experience today. From across the various realms of the internet comes the power of role-playing. This is Game Night Heroes. Toss dice and tell stories. The best of role-playing is here. This is Game Night Heroes. Hello there, and welcome back once again to Game Night Heroes. I'm Kevin, the host and the Game Master for the Game Night Heroes, and today we are starting a brand new adventure when we dive into a new property line that I've always wanted to role-play in. Since long before I had even heard of role-playing games, when I used to watch five super-powered teenagers with attitude fight giant monsters on the small screen. That's right, today we are playing the Power Rangers role-playing game, which was published earlier this year by Renegade Game Studios. The book is a brand new look at the Power Rangers franchise. Power Rangers is owned by Power Rangers LLC and by Hasbro, and this podcast, although not affiliated with such brands, are super fans of the material. To help me tell a story of some awesome Mighty Morphin action, I have brought together four individuals from across the internet, Power Ranger mega fans who are here to play an all-new team with all-new powers in an all-new adventure. I'm really excited for this. I've got a great group that I know that you're all going to love. If you are interested in learning more about the Power Rangers role-playing game, you can visit RenegadeGameStudios.com and look more into the Power Rangers role-playing game. It has rules for the Essence 20 system that it uses, which is a brand new rule set using multiple dice. You can also download character sheets and some pre-generated characters to see how it works. Look around. They got some other great games there, too, including the Transformers role-playing game coming soon and the G.I. Joe role-playing game, which is also currently out. But in the meantime, please sit back, relax, and listen to the five of us dive into an adventure with the Power Rangers role-playing game. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Before we dive into this today, let's take a moment to meet my cast for this little excursion. They are all brand new players to the Game Night Heroes, so I welcome them to the Gaming Roundtable. First up, we have Joe Zednick, who can be found around the online socials at Sweetly underscore Joe. 
Joe, how are you today? Welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Joe. Pronouns are he, him. And I am also part of a group on Discord and on Tumblr. Look up masswords.tumblr.com for it. It is the Powerverse project. Pretty much what we're doing is we're taking every single Sentai season that wasn't adapted pre-Zero Ranger and post-RPM. We are doing fan casts of those. You know, we have our own little plots and stuff. They're mainly outlines, but like, it's really fun. We're doing that for Super Sentai and for Kamen Rider. Link will probably be in the description. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yep. And I will be playing as Kellen Horn, a rebellious rocker who definitely does not like teamwork that much. Oh my, okay. <laughs> well, that's excellent. Well, I am so glad to have you here. I think it's going to be a really good, fun, exciting time. I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Pleasure's all mine. Mm-hmm. Next up on the list, we have, also new to the show, Tori Trembith. And Tori, you are no stranger to the franchise. Tell us a little bit about how you have a little bit of a background with Power Rangers and what other sorts of things that you are into. Hi, I'm Tori. I am a huge fan of Power Rangers and everything Toku. When I'm not here, you can also check me out on my Tokusatsu podcast dedicated to Ultra Mega, probably the best Toku comic out there at the moment. We're giant-sized violence on most podcasting services, and you can check us out on Twitter as at Ultramegapod. As far as my character, I will be playing Decandra today. She is an alien and the child of a familiar but somewhat forgotten face from Power Rangers history. Absolutely. Well, that is going to be a great character. I'm very excited to see what DeCandra is going to get into. Thank you so much for being here, Tori. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Next up, we have another new player to the show, Jim Vanderbeck. Not to be confused with Vanderbeek, as he so tenderly pointed out. <laughs> How are you doing today, Jim? Hi, I'm Jim. I'm an artist, and you can find me on Twitter at Tanny Twinkie. That's Twinkie with two E's because I can't spell. <laughs> okay, I love that. I'll, I'll be playing the um, the impulsive graffiti artist, Ollie. Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you so very much for being here, Jim. I'm super excited. This is going to be a great time. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, I'd like to welcome Prima to the show. Prima, it's a joy to have you here. How are you doing? What do we need to know about you? Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Prima. My social handles are Prima DeBrescia on Instagram and GentleHeart001 on YouTube. So if you like a bunch of random stuff, you should definitely stop on by. The character I'm going to be playing is Jeannie Jones, the 17-year-old sophomore at Angel Grove High on the track and field varsity team. Let's see. What else do I want to say about myself? I'm a writer, a Reiki practitioner, and an eternal daydreamer, and I'm really happy to be here. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to have you here. I think we can all say that we're happy to have you here. Links for all four of these cool, awesome folks will be found in the show notes, so be sure to give them a nice follow and find out what they are up to in the world at large. This is going to be exciting. Um, yeah, with all four of you playing some great characters, I'm excited to get into this. I am Kevin. I am going to be playing as the Game Master of the game. And because I get to do that, that means I get to play as everyone 
and everything else. So, let's go ahead and make sure that we are ready, because it's morphin' time, and we're playing Power Rangers. Woo! <laughs> I love it. All right. Here we go. Here we go. We open in space where the dark black of the universe gives way to the view of the distant planet of Edenoi. Its surface is choked with mining gases and debris from a people who now live in a subterranean area. It seems peaceful and calm despite all of this for a moment, before suddenly we hear a loud explosion, and two individuals go running down a corridor, fleeing for their lives, the first of which is an individual who wears a hood that masks their features. They are running on legs that are new to them, despite the fact that they are in their fourth development cycle. As they make their way down the hall, the individual behind them stops, turns, and removes a long, delicate sword off of their waist. They turn, and as they turn, there is a creature that bounds around the hall behind them and comes loping in. It is a mixture between man and beast, this creature, and as it comes at them, covered with some sort of strange off-orange fur, the individual with the sword has a quick dash a flash of light that gleams across the blade, and then the creature, with a screech, is no more. Thank God. The individual with the cloak, seeing what has happened, knows that the person behind them has saved him in this moment, has a brief moment of respite as the two figures catch their breath. And, in this moment, the figure with the sword turns to the figure in the front and says, Highness, I believe we've lost them for now. You must make your fleeing escape. It will not be long before the forces find us down here. Your father is no doubt engaged on the other side of the complex. We have mere moments to get you out of here. I can't leave without my father. I believe he will be fine, princess. We must get you out of here now. You must run. You must seek help where you can get it. What has happened here, it is too late for all of us. But if the data that we have is accurate... We know that where they're heading next will be in greater danger still. Take this, he says, and he gives you a small package. I take it. There was one on the planet that you will traverse to, one that you seek. Seek him out. He will know what to do. Well, where am I headed? Where, where are they attacking next? It is a planet just but one short jump away from here. Your vessel will get you there in no time, and before he can say more, there is suddenly another screech from further down the hall. One of these creatures starts to run and turn and close the gap between where you guys had first turned and now where you are standing. He says, The raiders come again! Princess, go! I will hold them off! And his sword comes up into a dance of death once more. And what do you do in this moment? Um, having some understanding of what's going on now, I just say that I've heard the stories, and I will find them. Yeah, I absolutely run off. And you continue to make your flight away from the moment, from this horrifying moment behind you. As you get out towards an opening that leads up to the surface, you pull your hood tighter around you still, and you bring up your rebreather mask to protect you from the surface area. When you get out here, 
You look up and you see the armada closing in further upon the planet. Sounds of battle fade in the distance. And as you leave your aid behind, you know that you have precious moments to escape before Conqueron's forces find you. If I know where to find it, I'd like to grab my father's blade. When you are out here on the way to the landing area that has the ship that you're going to escape in, you can see it's already primed. There's several other aides that are here, are doing the final steps necessary to make sure it is flight-worthy. And you move up to a small ceremonial chamber off to the side, one that's been set up specifically to house the weaponry needed by the Masked Rider. No longer needed in these times that were of peace. As you move inside, you see that there is a figure within, a tall, wide-shouldered male with gleaming armor that is made of segmented sections, almost like insect carapace that spread and twitch around his body. You see that he has two regular arms, but also has hundreds of small tentacle-like appendages that shift down his spinal column, moving around as if they are agitated with both glee and with rage. And in this moment, he is fighting a figure within the ceremonial chamber. His large, gleaming sword hacks down into the figure, and as they fall, dead, to the floor, the aide drops your father's sword that was trying to escape with. This figure turns to reach for the sword. I grab for the sword. All right. Go ahead, please. Make a athletics or an acrobatics test, whatever you feel like you are better at. Uh, 21. Oh, nat 20. Uh, athletics. Oh, natural 20 for a 21. Quicker and defter than this figure was expecting, you move forward, you snatch the sword baton up off of the ground. It spins up into your hand, and the figure turns. Interesting. I had no idea there was a Blade Master here on this planet. It would seem that I will have a bit more fun. And he fully turns to reveal a masked face. There is a twitching mandible of sorts on the lower part of his jaw. His face is a mixture of humanoid features and insect-like features as well. A strange, bizarre twist of the background that you have also being descended from insects. Who dares challenge Scorpinox? I, Decandra, of the line of Dex and Lexian before him. Well then, prepare to die. And that sword spins and gets ready to engage you in battle. I try to extend the blade, or the rod, and try to get it to ignite with energy. And what I've seen my father do is his finishing blow against enemies like this. Okay. The blade comes out. It does extend in a quick, deft flash movement. A practice kata that you have done in secret before. And in that moment, Scorponox brings his blade up to bear as well, and the two clash. There is screaming and explosions outside as Edenoi continues to fall around you. There is a voice from somewhere outside that is yelling, Prepare the next wave! And you know that there are more that are coming. More reinforcements, perhaps. More intruders upon your homeland. And you turn to try to face the figure again. When there is another aide who rushes in, your father's personal bodyguard, the stalwart and true victory, and he comes in 
with a gleaming blade as well, and clashes with this figure, this Scorponox, as well. Now, Victory is a man that you have known since you were a youth, and has also secretly been training you in the art of fighting, so you know that he is quite skilled. And he turns and also tells you, Run, my liege! I trust his fighting prowess and know he'd never fight two-on-one, so I take his word and make my leave. Okay. And as you turn hesitantly and make your way towards the ship that will take you away from here, you hear him and Scorponox bust into a large melee, a flurry of blows where the two try to size each other up and defeat one another. There is grunting, screaming, a cry of pain, and as you are loaded up into the ship and you see the armada bearing down upon your planet to conquer it in a time of peace, you watch as your mentor falls to the blade of this other figure. I just kind of swear under my breath that I'm not going to let victory to have died in vain. Okay. And you watch as you leave Edenoi, hopefully not for the last time. It's too late for you to do anything now at this point. You've been locked within the ship, and its autopiloting processes are engaged. It pulls you away from the surface and into the blackness of space towards your destination, towards their next target. You just hope that you have enough time to reach those there to warn them. High above, in the orbit of the planet of Edenoi, the Armada of Conqueron makes its way closer to the planet. On its main flagship, our attention is drawn within. On the bridge, there sits a massive throne, a thing of chrome, of steel, and of other strange, bizarre alien metals not known to us. We see from behind that there is a being sitting on the throne, a long, obsidian cloak hanging from his right shoulder. He wears a helmet as well, something not unlike that of a robot mixed with insect creature. He slowly turns, and there was a clicking and a whirring sound from somewhere within his neck. Cybernetic pieces that maintain him and keep him still. He observes through a large view screen in the front that the planet is being thoroughly invaded. To his right, one of his subordinates, a tall, whip-thin woman bearing a strange, curved, hooked sword, stands nearby. Her face is half-deformed one side looking almost human, the other looking not unlike the strange furred beasts that attacked the planet. As Conqueron watches and observes the planet that is now to be his, there is a streak, a smear of something crimson and deep in the air next to him, and stepping out of it, almost like stepping through a curtain made out of a rift in the air, is Scorpinox. My lord! The attack is going exactly as planned. However, there was one who escaped with the Electro Saber. Who was it? Conqueron replied. She claimed to be the heir to the throne. Well, this is certainly not recommended. I believe you owe me a bit of recompense, Scorponox. Conqueron lifted his hand and began to turn. His hands started to glow, and energy began to crackle in the air between the two of them. Scorponox had faced this type of magics before, 
and the pain brought on by Conqueron's sting was one he would not soon forget. But, my lord, Scorponok said, taking a knee in front of his master, I bring you an offering. Behold, the skilled blade of the one known as Victory. With that, Scorponok held aloft the blade of the Edenoyan warrior, the man who once served as the bodyguard for King Dex. Yes, I believe this will do quite nicely. Conqueron spoke, and a sly grin curled at his mouth. My lord, are we ready to begin the invasion properly? It cannot be long that we will find the energy source necessary for your forces. The woman, Raida, spoke on the side. Yes, yes. See that Edenoy is properly secured, daughter. And with that, Raida turned, and with a split in the air, this one, a deep blue instead, she disappeared as well. Conqueron turned to Scorponox. You are lucky that I am in a forgiving mood, Scorponox. Raida will finish the invasion force, Scorponox. In the meantime, prepare yourself for a new target. The next power source that I require is on a planet relatively nearby, and I believe it is a place that I have been before. Scorponox slowly stood and turned to regard an image projected on the view screen ahead of them. Yes, I know this planet as well. It would seem that the one that escaped, their ship is taking them in a direct trajectory of it. Yes, Conqueron spoke, and he was more than amused. Excellent. I believe this will all go according to plan. And when we arrive at that planet, we shall take it for our own. When we have fully grasped the power source, my plan will be fully complete. Scorponox got a wicked grin, and Conqueron finally stood and moved on several mechanist legs, clicking and clacking like a spider's as he moved across the floor. He stood at the edge of the view screen, and he watched as a small blip darted and fled through the space, making its way towards the planet. You can run all that you want. The planet Earth will soon be mine. And we cut over to a very different scene indeed. It is midday. The sun is bright and shining. The sky is blue, beautiful, and even inviting. The town of Angel Grove is a happy place this day. And we find ourselves in a park on this nice Saturday morning. There are a couple of people walking their dogs, families out and about, tossing a frisbee or a ball. And we see that amongst all of this, there 
is a figure who is picking up trash off the side of the park enclosure. And when we get a better look at this figure, what exactly do we first notice, do you think, about Kellen the first time that we see them? Well, what you first notice, he has his hair done in sort of an undershave with like the quaff look. He has on glasses. Um, he has on a leather vest, like a biker's vest with like a t-shirt under it. And a studded belt with like torn jeans and combat boots. He just has a glare on his face as he's picking up garbage. He has on like fingerless gloves too. Because he's just like picking up garbage and putting it in his bag. And he's, just, he's probably just muttering to himself, stupid, stupid attention, stupid garbage. <laughs> and as you pick up a piece and you shove it into your bag, there is another figure that we see who stands up next to you. A short distance away, there is a teacher overlooking the two of you. Specifically, the other individual that you are here in Saturday detention with is Ollie. And what do we see and notice about Ollie right off the bat? Well, he's a bit on the shorter side. He's wearing like a yellow crop top over a mesh top. And despite walking through the grass, he's wearing rollerblades. Nice. (laughs) Love it. He's got one of those uh, garbage poking sticks. He's using that to grab the various litter amongst the grass. Absolutely. Yeah, the teacher a short distance away is lazily paying attention to something else. So, um, what did you do? Thank you, Care. I just, I just want to get this done. I'm already missing practice anyway for this. Can't talk and work? No, I can. It's just I don't want to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a bit of a tense moment between the two of you brought here together through different circumstances. You go back to your cleaning and your park restoration activities. Nearby, on a running path that circles around the outside of the park, is a figure who is here by choice, making their way in probably the fifth or sixth lap around the park, even at this early time in the morning. And as we see them, what do we see when we get a good look at Jeannie? Jeannie is tall, athletic, well-built, blonde, blue-eyed, and wearing her nice track outfit and her really good sneakers. This is probably her fifth or sixth time around the park. She'd probably take a drink of water from one of the fountains, maybe take a stretch break. She's very focused on what she's doing. She's not really paying much attention to anybody else in the park or whatever else is going on. You happen to stop right now for a moment to do a quick mid-run stretch to make sure you're nice and ready for the next couple of laps that you have to make. You happen to be in a relatively similar area to these other two, to Ollie and Kellen. Let's have each of you just say real quick, what's something that each of you thinks about the others at this time? So, Kellen, you have heard and seen Jeannie before. Do you have any sort of opinions about her? Little Miss Perky. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a dislike for her, or you just think she's just too perky for you? She's too perky for me. So it's kind of like a minor dislike, but, like, it's too much of, like, oh, guys, we can do this, we can do that. Like, no. (laughs) Shut up. We're not all in this together. (laughs) Shut up. And... You actually maybe audibly 
I have a little bit of a scoff for a second, despite not, not realizing that you were going to. And Jeannie, you notice the two of them over there. And Jeannie, what's an opinion that you might have about Ollie when you see him? I suppose Jeannie would see him and be like, oh, it's the artist guy who never takes anything seriously. Made a good banner last year, though. <sighs> and there's that other... Oh, that guy. Oh. I need to get back to my training. Mm-hmm. And Ollie, we kind of have an idea of how you interacted with Kellum before. How do you feel about Jeannie? Yeah, I don't think he um, really knows her at all. Just has not been paying attention. <laughs> not a problem. Can all three of you please make an alertness test for me? To make a test, of course, you can roll your d20 plus whatever die you have in that skill. If you do not have training in that skill, meaning you don't have any dice in it, you roll it a snag. So I don't know if that applies to anybody or not. Okay, um, 21. Okay, perfect. And Jeannie got a 7. Okay. And Ollie got a 10. A 10, okay. At this point, Kellen, you've noticed there's something strange as you look away for a moment from Jeannie being a little bit perfect as she starts to make her next path around the park. Something catches your eye in the sky overhead. Something looks like a big giant bird for a second in your periphery of your vision. Something cuts across the sun for a minute, and you notice the shade as it passes over you. And as you look up, you see what looks like an airplane coming down towards some other section of the park here. And it's coming in pretty quickly. Uh, what's that? What's what? I mean, you don't see it? It's a giant bird thing. Oh. Oh. Oh, did you shout that? Would I have heard that and been like, what did he just say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Kellen yells this out, you definitely look up and see what he's noticing as well. You see that there is something from this distance. It looks like, is it a bird? Is it a plane? Yeah, it comes streaking through, and it's making its way towards a northerly section of the park. The teacher that you boys are with doesn't seem to notice what you're talking about. In fact, she looks like she's playing something on her phone. So what would everybody like to do? We should probably go look at that. Let's go. Hey, you two, wait up for me. I want to see it, too. Oh, boy. Little Miss Perky. Perfect. <sighs> Listen, you. I know you're a slacker, but don't give me a hard time before I break something. You don't want me to. Oh, what are you going to break? Oh, look at me. I'm Little Miss Perky. <sighs> <laughs> The three of you begin to move off towards it. However, it's when you begin to move away that your teacher, Mrs. Nesbitt, finally notices that you are leaving. Um, where are you young men going? Uh, get back to work over here. The tension is not on your schedule. Well, we saw some more trash that way. I'm sorry, what? We saw more trash that way. Later, guys. Guess I'm going to go see it. Bye. <laughs> and yep, Jeannie runs off on her own towards that direction. Mrs. Nesbitt looks at the two of you. Let's have you make persuasion tests, please. Now, there's two ways you can do this. You can do this together, or you can have one of you assist the other to lend assistance, whatever you would feel more comfortable with, whatever you think, feel like you're going to do better with. Well, I have a D4 in persuasion. What do you have in persuasion? Uh, nothing. Okay, then. Then I think I'm the only person that can really do this, so I will... Mm -hmm. Ten. Ten. Okay. 
Mrs. Nesbitt says, okay, nice try, boys. Get back to work. And she points at the area that you are currently cleaning. It's going to, like, stand on the sidewalk and just slowly start rolling backwards. Oh, no, I can't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Make a deception check for me. All right. I do not have that either. Okay. So that's going to be with a snag. Yep, you can roll that as a snag, which is you roll 2d20. You take the lower of the two rolls. That's 10. Okay. Mrs. Nesbitt doesn't seem to really be believing what you're saying, but she just stands there for a moment uh, uh, like she doesn't know what to do, and you just start to roll down the hill. The natural momentum starts to take you away, and she actually gets up to try to catch up to you. And after a little bit, you actually outpace her as your rollerblades make you much faster. As you start getting some momentum down the hill, you come up to where Jeannie is running away, making her way around the bend towards that section of the park that you pointed out. Kellen, in the back, you're left there for a moment. What do you want to do? Well, Mrs. Nesbitt's trying to get Ollie. I'm bolting right to where the crash is. Okay, all right. (laughs) So, yeah, you do take off. And, Ollie, let's go ahead and uh, how do you want to go ahead and handle the situation? How do you want to maneuver around your rollerblades? Yeah, at some point I just kind of give up on the uh, charade and just start skating away. (laughs) Okay, nice. After you successfully outpaced Mrs. Nesbitt enough, yeah, you turn and putting actual skill and technique into it, you skate away. Let's have everybody, out of the three of you, each make a, we'll call this a speed test. We'll see who gets there faster. It's kind of like initiative, but we're not rolling initiative because it's not a fight. Okay, so we roll with our initiative stat. You'll roll the d20 and add your essence score for your speed. Okay. And it's a 12. Okay, 12 for Ollie. 11. 11 for Kellen. Mine's a 14. There we go. But I figure once Ollie hits, you know, grass, those skates aren't going to be very fast. That's true. It's going to slow down a little bit for sure. A literal snag. <laughs> right? <laughs> Unsurprisingly, it is Jeannie, Miss Perky, Miss Athletic, who gets there first. And as you come up, Jeannie, you are closing the distance to where you saw this plane type thing going before you hear a loud crash as it bursts through some trees and disappears behind some foliage you make your way up and you come up to the other side you can see that now there is something black it does in fact look like a mixture between a plane and an animal almost you can't really quite place it but it looks really weird oh my gosh hello anybody hurt what am I looking at? And I'm going to go a little closer to it and be like, is this a plane? Is this an animal? What? Oh my gosh, this is either the coolest thing that's ever happened to me or the weirdest. And I'm going to see if there's like anybody around. You know, if it's a plane that crashed, somebody could be really hurt. You start looking around and what you actually notice is as you're starting to look around, there is a couple of different windows around the side of this thing. It definitely looks like a plane, but nothing you've ever seen before. looks like something out of a movie or something. When there is a hissing sound and a big panel on the back of it starts to slowly lift up. Okay, I'm going to back away slightly, just sort of get a little bit of distance, just in case, because this is all new to me. And despite the fact that he is now running on his rollerblades through the grass, it is Ollie who comes up next. Ollie, you come up behind this crash site, as I mentioned, and you see Jeannie standing there. 
and she's looking a little bit confused, a little bit concerned, and you see what looks like this big, weird thing here. Uh, what's that? I have no idea, but I didn't touch it. It opened by itself. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I think it's aliens? <laughs> uh, maybe it's just a movie prop. That's one heck of a prop. I dare you to touch it. <laughs> okay. No, wait, I was kidding, I was kidding! <laughs> Come back. It could be really dangerous or hot or explode or something. Nope, too late. <laughs> and Ollie, you do step forward to approach it. Right as Kellen, you come up on the scene as well. Uh, so what is it? Oh. Some sort of alien movie prop plane thing. And why is he touching it? You step forward, Ollie, and you reach forward, you start to touch the side of it. Stop touching it! Right as your hand makes contact with the side of it, you see that there is movement inside, and then you see a figure wearing a robe with a hood up that you cannot see their features, steps forward. And Ollie, because of where you are positioned, you swear, and this is weird, it looks like part of their forehead is glowing for a second. Until they step again, and the glowing goes away. Maybe a trick of the light. And then there is a figure who steps forward the rest of the way. And this figure, Decandra, what do you I take off my gas mask, I remove my hood, and just take in a deep breath, kind of savor it for a moment, let it out. Huh. So that's what fresh air tastes like. And now that these three can see you with your face revealed. What do we see? So you see a young woman, kind of older teenage side, black hair, bit curly, on the shorter side, a little bit above shoulder length. If anything under my robes is showing, it's uh, going to be a small glance of some kind of white clothing. And uh, yeah, gem on my forehead, probably reflecting in the light a little bit. And I have to ask, just for the sake of if this is going to be difficult or not, does Decandra know the language of this planet? Uh, yes, this is uh, Power Rangers rules and all aliens speak English. Mm-hmm. Perfect, okay. So yeah, the three of you see that yeah, there is this girl who comes out. Are you okay? She just came out of a flying bird. Of course she's not okay. Do you need us? We can call a doctor or something. Maybe you should sit down. Um, are you some kind of landing crew or welcoming party? Uh, no, we're teenagers. Wait. Uh... So knowing male Miss Perky here, she'd most likely be part of the first alien greeting crew. Listen, just because you have attitude doesn't mean you need to snap at me every time we talk. Oh my gosh. And... Well, I wouldn't need to snap at you if you weren't so... At this exchange, I look a little bit shocked. Teenagers with attitude. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yep, and at this point, it is, um, yeah, a a strange, just what, what exactly is all this going on with everybody? As I come off the ramp, I do like, kind of come to my senses a bit and ask, wait, the 
the invasion. Has it started yet? Invasion? Huh? Huh? No, I don't think we're at war with anybody right now. Maybe you should sit down. Maybe you have a concussion. Do you know where Uh, you are? Okay, good. We still have time. Yes, this is the planet Earth, home of the Power Rangers, correct? Power what now? This is Earth. That, That part's right. But to clarify again, power what nows? Yeah, the heroes in chromatic armor with the giant war beasts, d- defenders of the planet, uh, d- saviors of Edenoi. Okay, at this point, I'm going to look at Ollie and Kellen and be like, okay, maybe we need to get an adult. I really think she's hit her head. I mean, yeah. she did show up in a weird ship, so maybe... I mean, none of this seems normal to you guys, right? No. Not at all. There is suddenly a screeching sound that all four of you hear that comes from somewhere behind all of you. And as you all turn to react to it, you see that there are not one, but two similar devices that are screaming through the air. Other weird-looking animal-like planes that are coming in the direction of the four of you. Oh, did you have friends? Everybody get down! Move! Move! We need to run. Where? We're in the open! To the not open place. Uh, shelter. Surely your planet has uh, bunkers, caverns, caves, anything for your own invasions? Yeah, not close by. All we've got is trees and then the park that way where all the people are. These large plane type devices you see from where you're positioned, Decandra, that there are two small turrets that slide down out of the bottom of them, and you can tell that they are priming to fire at the four of you. Get away from the ship! Get to the tree line! (laughs) Okay. The three of them go running, and you take a moment to see what's going on. The figure that is flying in starts to fire. There is a lancing of light that slams and buffets across the grass right behind where you were just standing as the four of you make your way in underneath the trees. And this vessel sweeps down below just above your crash site and does a loop around and starts to land as well. The second one that is overhead streaks by the trees and continues on someplace else. You're not sure where. So as the three of you hide there, this young woman comes up with you, and you can see that she is looking a lot more serious and determined than you are, being really kind of confused by this whole scenario. You watch as this other plane lands, and then it starts to open. There are figures that start to emerge out of the back of it, They look like people who are wearing some sort of all-black bodysuit that has weird ridges and bumps on it. They almost look like, for lack of a better description, if somebody took an ant and a person and mixed them together. Now they are walking around. You see that one of them has a weird, almost like a bladed club of some sort. Another one has some sort of thing that looks like a spear. And they are looking around. They have parts of their helmets you would hope are starting to move and shift around like they are looking for something i'm hiding i'm hiding i'm 100 percent hiding i'm like get down get down let's have everybody who was hiding please go ahead and make an infiltration roll please yay and i have uh, proficiency in it so i get 14 14 
13. Four. And as the four of you are hiding and being hunkered down, Ollie, you are shifting around in the back to try to make sure you can still see what's going on. And there is suddenly a snap of something underfoot as your rollerblades roll over and break through some branches and the bushes that you're in. And in unison, the four creatures that have come out of the back of this ship, their heads all whip in your direction. The four of them seem to have noticed that the four of you are here. And one of them says something and like a kind of clicking and clacking sound. And the four of them slowly turn and then they start approaching the four of you with purpose. Threateningly, you can tell. I will say real quick, Decandra, is there anything that you would like to do before we roll initiative? I would say you're a little bit more prepared than these three are at this current moment. Yes. Okay, so we know there's four troops out. Does it look like there's anyone on the ship still or in the ship? Like, Or has the entryway to that been unattended? It's still open. It opens in an opposite direction as the one that you were in because this is a different vehicle. But it's just the four. You could tell usually that these creatures called raiders are usually in contingents of four. So you would know that this would be all of them. Do they see me yet? They are looking in the direction of the four of you, and even though the four of you are hiding, they've been alerted to the presence there. You're not entirely sure. Because of your martial artist background, I would say that you can attempt to do a check to see how skilled they are and how ready they are for combating you. That would kind of give you an idea of if they've noticed you directly. Uh, yeah, I would like to check if, uh, like, I'd like to size them up and see if I think I can take them with my prince training. Got you. Okay. You would know that these creatures, they definitely are coming in your direction. You actually have not faced any of them directly before. Your aides have helped you. Victory, you know, has fought some of them before, according to the stories that you've heard. And you would know, by the way they're carrying themselves, that although they are skilled, you and these humans might be able to take them if you work together. But four on one would be a little tough, you would think. I whisper to the others, either run away or run to the ship. I'll hold them off and join you when you're there. What? That's crazy! Do you see that they have slick spears or something? Then run. Look, I know we just met, but I am like kickboxing champ two years in a row at the Angel Grove Community Center. I can help. A warrior. (laughs) (laughs) The raiders continue to move in closer to the four of you. I draw my blade and I step out into the open. Okay. The three of you notice that this young woman steps forward and she pulls out from beneath her robes what looks like a long baton that has a handle on one side of it. Something you'd see in like a movie or something. And she brings it up with a flourish and a gesture and gets into a battle stance and is ready to fight these four people. I'm going to try and help or at least try and cover if Ollie and Kellen want to run. Oh, I'm running. I want to try and at least (laughs) cover their backs. Be like, go get some help. Or a can of Raid something. (laughs) Well, I'm going to the ship. I'm I'm running to the ship. Okay. (laughs) Ollie, what are you doing? I'm going to dig through my backpack and pull out a can of spray paint. Oh, that's so good. Okay. All right. And you do that. And let's go ahead and let's roll initiative to see how this fight will go down. I rolled a 12. Okay. Nine. 21. Oh, wow. 14. Okay. 
So, Ollie, as you pull the spray paint can out, you are quick to the action. What do you want to do? I think I'm just going to run up and just spray it in one of their faces. <laughs> okay, okay. I love that. You know what? Go ahead and make a um, performance check, because you're used to using these spray paint cans for your art. So I'm going to say you're going to kind of approach it that way. All right. I also have a specialty in painting, if that applies. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what the specialty will let you do is you have different levels of skill with your dice. You can roll all of those dice together, as opposed to, like, say, gesture D2 or gesture D4. You can roll all the dice together and take the better of the two. So. Um, I only got a nine, but, um, we haven't talked about this, but we do start with story points. You do. Yep. Yep. There is four story points already in your pool because there are four player characters and you did all earn another story point because you rolled initiative for a combat. So there are currently five story points that you can all pull from to affect the game. So absolutely. Oh, I just noticed that the uh, reroll is only for once. So that doesn't actually apply. <laughs> oh, for re-rolling the dice? Yeah. So I only got a nine. Okay, cool. So a nine. So yeah, you sprayed the spray paint can, and although the movement looks nice, looks really cool, looks really awesome, actually. And this creature recoils back out of the way, and it swipes in underneath you. It comes back up, and it spins its spear up in the hand and gets ready to attack you. But Dak, you are faster. What do you do? I raise my baton to block the attack, and I reach into my robe to grab the weapon of my people, a handful of pocket sand, and I throw it into the ant monster's face. Okay, okay. Go ahead and let's have you make a targeting roll. Yeah, and I don't know if we'd call that an attack in itself, but if not, I'd like to follow that up with a uh, an attack. Yeah, we can do that. Ooh. Nat 20 in critical success? You throw the sand into the creature's face, and it instinctively puts its hands up to react to that. It starts clawing at its eyes, and because of that, I'm going to give you an edge on your attack roll, which means you're going to roll 2d20. You'll take the higher of the two, and then add your skill die when you roll that. Okay, so that one's going to be a 10. And you swipe forward, and your father's weapon swings out, and it misses the creature as it stumbles backwards, clawing at its face. But you step forward into a battle stance, ready to go. Yeah, I do just that. I try and keep the attention of the rest of the attackers. Yep, okay, perfect. And Genie, you can see that this is getting kind of hectic. You can see that Decandra is stepping forward. She's doing some sort of weird, cool, crazy ninja stuff. So what would you like to do? Okay, I'm going to slip into a fighting stance and be like, all right, come on, bug boys, let's do this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you can attack if you'd like. Yeah, let me go ahead and just double-checking. Would that be my athletics or my might? You're basically making a strike. You're not trained, quote-unquote, with being a martial artist in terms of the specialty martial arts. Mm -hmm. So you're going to make a might roll. Awesome, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's a fumble. That was a five. Oh, no. And, Jeannie, as you come forward and you try to do a cool kickboxing move at these people... Oh, but hey, we get another story point because of the fumble. You do, yep. The insect creature in front of you takes that weird bladed club thing that it has, 
and it swings up and it smacks your leg and it puts you off balance and you stumble for a bit you lose your attack and you do fall off to the side a little bit but yes you all do get a story point because of the fact that there was a fumble so now you have seven in the pool and with that the raiders are going to attack the one who is nearest you, Decandra, not the one that you threw the sand to the face. That one's flailing around with that. But another one is actually going to attack you. Mm-hmm. Okay. They come in to attack you with a 16. It's going to be against your... Well, it's your evasion or your toughness. You can choose if it's not specified. Yeah, since it's hand-to-hand, I'll use toughness, which is a 17. Okay, yep. The creature swipes out with their spear, and you bring down the baton... And it smacks and it cracks off of it, and the spear juts off to the side and does not make contact. The one in front of you, Genie, who just knocked you off of balance, comes forward and tries to actually grab at you with a 12. Oh, I'm good. Evasion's a 13. Okay. And as they try to grab at you, you do a back somersault and come up onto your feet out of the way, just out of their grasp. One of them sees that Ollie is trying to get all crazy with the spray paint can, so it tries to grapple him up, too. Oh, boy, that's a natural one. So they fumble. I don't get any story points for that, though. It swings out at you, but you are super fast. You do some sort of weird vaulting move. You jump up for a bit, you kind of kick your feet out of the way, and its club, that has little spikes on the end of it, swipes out and misses you completely. And Kellen, what are you doing? I am going to make a run for Zach's ship. You know what? I am going to uh, try and sneakily, stealthily do it that way. Oh, okay. And I do have a specification in stealth. Yep, yeah, do it up. Yeah, D20 plus your D2 for your specialty. Okay, that is going to be 11. Alrighty. And you do start sneaking off towards the visitor's ship. And uh, we cut back up to the top. So, Ollie, you just dodged out of the way of this thing. What would you like to do? Well, spraying it didn't seem to work, so I'm just going to take that can and try to smash it on its club to see if I can get it to explode in front of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, go ahead and make an athletics test then. All right. Well, that's 12. Okay, yeah, you bring the can down, and it hits the end of the club, and it does poke a hole in it. There's a sound, and a whole bunch of yellow spray paint goes spraying all over the place, all over part of the club, part of the creature. A little bit on you, actually, too, out of the whole fiasco here. But it seems to be sidetracked for a minute. It's looking around like it's a bit confused. You're pretty speedy, though, so you actually have a little bit more to do if you want. Can I try to trip it? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, This would be a might test. Oh, can I actually do a finesse unarmed strike? If I downshift one, I can try to trip it with that. Yeah, oh, I love that. Go ahead and do that, absolutely. Oh, yeah, so that just makes it a D2. That's 10. 10, okay. You try to trip the creature, but it is a bit sturdier than you thought. When you try to kick out at its legs with your feet, when you hit its body, which is like this weird, shiny shell, when you hit it, it's a lot harder than it should be. It's almost like kicking a stone pillar or something. Yeah, it doesn't budge. Okay. Is that for your turn, then? Uh, yeah. Okay, and uh, Dak, Decandra. Uh, yeah, I'd like to go ahead and attack the one right in front of me that just made an attack on me. 
Okay. And I forgot that I specialize my weapon, so... Ooh, okay. Uh, Alright, so that should actually be in 11. Um, trying to see if I can spend story points to gain any benefits on this, but I don't think I can. You swipe out with the blade, and they bring their spear down, they spin it up, and it deflects it out of the way. The two of you are a little bit of a stalemate right now. Genie, what would you like to do? I'm going to try to kick the one that tried to grab me, so let me try this again. Okay. <laughs> and I got a 14. Okay. You kick out at it, and you hit it in the chest, and your damage for your attack is, which I believe is a stun one. Yep. Stun one, yeah. And you kick it in the chest, and you see that it suddenly its body goes rigid and stops, and almost as if it has been petrified, it falls over onto the ground. It does not move. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got a plan. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to move over towards the girl in the robe and Ollie. Okay, perfect. Decandra, out of this corner of your eye, you see that this human kicks one of the raiders in the chest, and it gets stunned. It goes into this weird torpor that they do when you defeat them in battle, and it falls over onto the ground, and she moves in between you and this other human with this weird exploding paint can, and she gets into what looks to be like a battle stance, but it looks a little bit more casual than the very practiced ceremonial battle stance that you're in. She's actually having fun, you would think, by the look on her face. <laughs> So the three raiders that are remaining, one of them is going to attack each of you. And so we're going to start with Decandra. They're going to come at you with a, oh boy, a 17 to hit. Uh, let's see, that meets my toughness. Okay, then they are going to hit you then. It comes forward with that spear and it stabs out at you and the spear makes contact with your stomach. You feel a barbing jab as it bites in. You're going to take one sharp damage. And then the one is going to attack you, Genie. Oh boy, it's going to miss you with a 7. And then one is going to attack you, Ollie. And it's going to miss you with an 11. And Kellen, at this point you get over to the ship. Okay. I look at the ship, then I look back at everyone else, um, you know, fighting and like... Uh, they're going to say I'm going soft on them. I'm going to go over, and I'm going to attack the one that stabbed Decandra. Oh, okay. I'm going to downshift so that way it actually does the harm-harm of it, so I'm going to use Striking Weapon. Okay. That'll be a finesse roll. Yeah, okay. You got it. Yeah, so you move back out to help them out. Stay away! Ha! Thirteen. Thirteen, okay. So, like, I just do, like, a kick. Yeah, you flail out with a kick, and you do hit it, so the damage for that is going to be one blunt, you said? Yes, one blunt. And as you kick out at it, it also gets this rigidity to its body, and it falls over face-first onto the dirt. Nice form. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk him or fight <sighs> Can't even take a compliment. <laughs> well, I'll take the compliment after we're done fighting evil giant alien ants! That go. would be a great band name. <laughs> it would. It would. <laughs> Alrighty. Ollie, what would you like to do? Your turn. All right. I saw Jeannie take one down with her foot, so I'm going to try to do that. Kellen took one down with his foot, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Equal opportunity. <laughs> yep. All right. 
and <laughs> that's Aww. a nine. Oh no! <laughs> should not have worn rollerblades today. You should no. not. That's it. Yeah, you try to copy the same movement, but even though you are skilled on your rollerblades, trying to kick out of this creature just doesn't quite make the purchase that you'd like it to. And although it looks pretty cool, it'd be killer on a half pipe. You do not actually make contact. All right. Okay. And Decandra, you can see that these humans are helping you, and they've already taken down two of these raiders. So what would you like to do? I would like to press the advantage and uh, continue attacking. And so that's a 19. And okay, a 22. Oh, yes, a 22 will definitely work. And then the damage on that is? That is going to be one blunt damage. Excellent. You take the baton, you spin it into a practice flourished motion that you have been taught by Victory, and you stab it into the creature's chest, and it also goes rigid, falls backwards, lands on the ground a little bit splayed out. You see that it is now four to one. You like these odds, how they've turned around all of a sudden. And Genie, what would you like to do? Well, kicking worked last time. Let's try kicking the last one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, oh, it's an eight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you try to kick out of the creature this time, but this time it's ready for this movement, and it steps back out of the way a little bit, and your foot goes wide into the air. You do not make contact, but it does come down, and it's going to come at you with a 19. Oh yeah, no, that hits. Okay. You are also going to take one sharp as its club bites into your leg. Ah, ow, ow. Just holding my side, I'm like, okay, somebody else needs to do this one. Oh, that stings. And Kellen. Second verse, same as the first. 17. Okay, yeah, definitely. Oh, crit success too! Oh, yes it is. Yes it is, absolutely. So, what is double that damage? Okay, that'll be two blunt then. So, like, how it works is I see Jeannie, you know, she gets hit. And then I sort of, like, do, like, a flying axe kick. Oh, cool. Like, into the giant ant alien space. Love it. And yeah, as you make contact, you can see that you make a nice, solid, powerful blow. There's a snapping sound, and it goes rigid. It falls down to the ground. And it is then that you see above you that the one ship that flew by overhead with a quick streak is now turning to come back towards the direction of the four of you. Trying to close the distance, you can see it's readying those turrets on the bottom again to fire at the four of you. Everyone, into the ship! And I'm actually pointing toward the ant's ship in this case, because I believe mine crashed. I I doubt it's operational. Maybe. (laughs) You're not sure. Should we keep the conscious ship then? Like, just in case? Uh, would my ship have any weapons on it? I would think that the ship that you took off of Edenoid did not have any weapons. It's uh, like an escape pod type ship. It's to get you off the planet as quickly as possible. Yeah, so that's why I'm ushering us toward the invader ship. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Let's go. Yep. Yeah. All right, cool. So the four of you run over to the invader ship and you get on board and you make your way to the front deck. Go ahead and make a driving test for me. I'll help with that. So he has an edge. And I will use a story point to get specialization in that. Perfect. Okay. Well, that is a nat 20. (laughs) Oh, excellent. Good thing you did that then. Teamwork makes the dream work, everybody. (laughs) 
the controls are a little bit different than the ship that you took here, but this human actually gives you some good pointers of, hey, maybe try that, spin that, this sort of thing. And you actually get the ship to take off, you fly up into the sky, and you start juking off away from the crash site. The raiders behind you are coming in to try to close the distance between, and they are coming up behind you, and as they're starting to get close enough to be within firing range, you see that all of a sudden, they slow down, and then they slowly turn and go to a different direction off towards the south, away from the crash site, real unexpectedly. I turn to follow. Uh, what? What are you doing? They stopped firing at us. It's obvious that we should just go. I agree, and I want down now, please. <laughs> Either we'll find where the rest of them are coming from, or we'll get the drop on taking the ship out. Either way, this is our best case scenario. We can't fight a whole bunch of those things. Fine, then. Where can I take us? I don't know. Anybody have any ideas? It's not like we can land a spaceship in the middle of the park. <laughs> Again. We've all seen the movies when an alien lands what happens, and it won't be any better for any of us. I don't know. Ollie, you got anything? I got nothing. Also, do you want me to look at that? That looks rough. Do you mind? I'm just going to very carefully pull up my shirt slightly so Ollie can look at it. Okay. I'm going to whip out my med kit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you pull out your backpack, a small little first aid kit. Go ahead and make a medicine test. Right. I did specialize in medicine. You did, yep. All right, so that is a 19. All righty. I think it's like you get one point back. Usually, but because I specialize in medicine, it's two points. Oh, okay, perfect, perfect. All right then, Jeannie, so you get two health back. And Decandra, you know that you have to find a, a safer place to go. Although they handled themselves well and helped you, these humans seem to kind of be a bit confused as to what to do next. Hey, I have a question. I don't mean to interrupt. Uh -huh. I'm so sorry. No, please do. It says, when faced with an emergency situation, I can have an edge on a check for survival to, like, figure out what to do next. Oh, right, because of your background. Absolutely. Right. Is it possible I can go ahead and do that and I would, like, let me roll, and if I roll high enough, like, remember, oh, wait, there is a cave system in the mountains to the north, and this girl was saying earlier, asking if we had caves. So maybe I can just roll and remember that? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, never mind. Okay, clearly. I mean, that's a three. That's like the worst flub so far this game. Oh, but no. we get another story point. You do. <laughs> that's true. Yep. <laughs> so clearly I don't remember there are caves. I'm just so distracted by Ollie doctoring me up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem at all. In that case, yeah, I steer us in that direction and... Uh, I would like to put in a request for that same medical attention I just saw Ollie giving. Oh, sure. Um, do you want me to do that while you're driving? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got this. I, I'm My family's pretty good at driving. Okay. And I'm, I'm just going to lean over and be like, did she just say her family's good at driving spaceships? Well, I mean, she has like a like a gemstone in her head and like, <laughs> like you saw what she could do with that weird baton thing. She also crashed the last spaceship she was in. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, clearly, okay, aliens are real. Let's just 
take a minute to deal with that and hope they don't want to eat brains. That's zombies. <laughs> right. Oh, right, right. Sorry. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of scary movies. Ollie, go ahead and make another medicine test, please. Okay. That is a 21. Oh, that's a net 20, too. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Okay, you can see that she's not as injured as Jeannie was, so it's not nearly as hard for you to patch her up, and you do so. She doesn't even flinch when you poke and prod at the wound she has. She just continues to fly you all away in a northerly fashion away from the other ship that was here. Decandra, when you left, when you spoke with your aide and they told you to seek him out, there was a person here on this planet that you know would be able to help you and to help you get that package to them. Would they have given me any kind of location information, how to find them, a name even? The aide did not tell you where they might be found on the planet, although you know that who you're looking for is a person who is loyal to your family. That is not from Edenoy. A man by the name of Saban. <laughs> uh, I would like to ask the group if they know of a great and powerful Saban. All three of you perk up for a moment. You have a humanities teacher at school named Mr. Saban. You mean our humanities teacher? He teaches humanity? I mean, that that checks out. That sounds like the person I'm looking for. Well, yeah, I mean, he's back at our school. At least he should be. Well, I mean, not now. It's Saturday, but... I mean, but, you know, he always does do those weird Saturday classes. That's true. I, I guess he could be at the school, but I don't know how we're going to park a spaceship at the school. Exactly. I mean, like, we could probably park behind the Del Taco by the school. Yeah, no one goes back there, so that might actually be a really good choice. Right. Yeah. They'll never see it there. Oh, unless there's a stealth mode. I mean, it's an alien spaceship. There's oh, got to yeah, be a stealth mode, stealth right? stealth mode? Decandra, you would know that, yes, these ships have been known to sometimes stealth themselves. They have stealthing technology. So, yeah, you would definitely know that without needing to roll. Okay, yeah, I would, I would like to try and activate that if I can find it. Yeah, let's have you make a technology roll. To see where it's located on this ship. Two. Oh. Yeah, you're not sure. You know that this ship is capable of that, but you're not sure where the button is for it. So, we're all parking behind the Del Taco? <laughs> yes, they give you directions to where the Del Taco is. <laughs> and you pilot it over there, and at this point, it's still early morning. It's probably like 9 o'clock, so there's not a situation where you have a whole bunch of people here. You bring the ship down in behind it, and the four of you disembark. Okay, before we go and see our humanities teacher, uh huh, who are you? Like, you just kind of appeared, and then aliens attacked, and then you took us, albeit willingly, onto a spaceship. Maybe the better question is, what are you? Yeah, because you're, you're clearly not human. You have, you have like a little oozy gemstone on your head. My name is Decandra, and I'm from the planet of Edenoi. Princess, daughter of King Dex, those same aliens that attacked us attacked my planet. I'm here to find help for my own people and hopefully save yours as well. Okay, where are the hidden cameras? <laughs> this is a joke, right? I mean, seriously. 
I mean, as one of you a jester, I, I, that makes a lot of sense about this, uh... Kellen? Do, do I know your name? Uh, the loud one. Are you a jester? Genie <laughs> <laughs> uh, just starts laughing. <laughs> Love it. Kellen just gives, like, a glare. Sorry, sorry. It just, it was funny. <laughs> No, I'm not a jester. But seriously, though, this it, this just all of this seems like it's too much. At this, like, I'm just kind of racking my brain for evidence, and I I use my gem in my forehead to start projecting images of my home planet, uh, some of the things I've seen, the events that brought me here, namely this last day and boarding the ship and seeing my mentor fall. And as Decandra begins to speak, she takes both of her index and middle fingers, places them on the side of her temples, and there is a light that glimmers across the gem in her forehead. A beam begins to emerge out of the light and projects the images that she speaks about into the air, almost like a hologram, so that all of you can see. And she shows you what happened on her planet. You see, Edenoi, a once glorious planet now is comprised of poisonous gases of a world mined inappropriately. You also see a time of peace and clarity, a wise and just king, tall and handsome. You also see that there is an armada of spaceships much larger than the one that you are currently in that have attacked the planet. You watch her flee with her father's aid. You watch the fall of victory. You watch her take the Electro Saber, this baton-like weapon, and escape in a pod as she watches the evil Scorponox grin viciously. And you see your planet emerging on the front of her ship as she enters into the atmosphere and crashes into the park of Angel Grove. You see all of this, and in a weird way, you experience it along beside her. And you have a little bit of an idea what exactly she means. I, I, you have to understand, this is very pressing. There, there, there's nothing dreamlike about this. I, I'm shocked your planet's not aware of uh, the existence of other planets. I, I thought you were more advanced than this. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm telling the truth here. Oh, whoa, just that little light show. Okay, m maybe we should start over. Hi. I'm Jeannie, Jeannie Jones. It's nice to meet you. Helen Horn. Ollie. And I mean, we can take you to see Mr. Saban. I'm not sure how much of this he's going to believe. I'm not sure how much of this I believe. But still, if this is some sort of big prank or joke or something, Mr. Saban's not going to be happy. But come on. I mean, we're not far from the school and I guess we do kind of owe you for getting us out of the danger that we kind of got put into going to help. But anyway, <laughs> it's not far. It's over here. If this is yeah. too much for you, you've already done more than enough for me. You saved me from those aliens and you've brought me to the man I need to see. I can't ask you to fight a war you didn't ask for. Well, I can't speak for the guys, but at this point, now I'm invested. I want to see how this ends. Same here. Yeah. Oh, and if we start heading out, I do want to take a second and thank Ollie for fixing me up. 
So Ollie, thanks. I, that was really hurting and it's a lot better now. Thank you. Oh yeah. No problem. Um, before we go, like, can we grab lunch? We're like right here. It's nine in the morning. <laughs> we just get it to go. I am not eating Del Taco. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> no, no. There's like bugs in the food. I'm not eating here. Bugs in the food. That's that's standard Edenoi cuisine. I, I don't understand the problem here. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the four of you disembark, hoping to get some more answers and to figure out what exactly is going on, and uh, make your way to get lunch or to maybe avoid lunch as you make your way to Mister Saban. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Game Night Heroes podcast. This was Power Rangers Guardian Swarm, Episode 1, Teenagers with Attitude. If you'd like to support the Game Night Heroes podcast, please leave us a rating or a review at your favorite podcatcher. This helps other folks like yourself find us and take the journey along with you and with us. You can also reach out to us across all social media platforms where we can be found at Game Night Heroes. You can find more information about the show, episodes, and upcoming projects at our website, GameNightHeroes.com. We can also be found on all social media platforms at Game Night Heroes. You can also email us at GameNightHeroesContact at Gmail. We'd love to hear from you and we engage with all of our fans. This episode today featured the voice talents of Kevin Stacy as the Game Master. Kevin can be found online at Kevran Games on all social media platforms. Decandra was played by Tori Trembiff. Tori can be found online at NeverEndingTori on Twitter and on their show Giant Sized Violence. Jeannie Jones was played by Prima. Prima can be found online at Prima Debresca on Instagram and on YouTube at GentleHeart001. Kellen Horn was played by Joe Zednick. Joe can be found online at Sweetly underscore Joe on Twitter and online at the Powerverse Project at mazwarts.tumblr.com. And Ollie Johnson was played by Jim Vanderbeck. Jim can be found online at Tainted Twinkie on Twitter. Links for finding these fine folks are in the show notes, so please give them a follow. Music for this episode features a cover of the original Go Go Power Rangers theme created by Ron Wasserman. This epic cover was created by Objective Guitarist. Additional music for the episode was found in Pixabay. The Power Rangers franchise and property is owned exclusively by Hasbro. The Power Rangers role-playing game was created by Renegade Game Studios. The Game Night Heroes are not affiliated with either brand, but we present this show to you with a love for the genre. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode of the Game Night Heroes podcast. Until next time, keep dreaming your impossible dreams.